0: Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this very special bonus episode of Perception is Reality. I am coming to you solo for this episode. Co-host Amber Green is off celebrating her 33rd birthday, and we wish her a very special and happy birthday. We hope that she is having a wonderful time with her family and we await her return in the episodes to come. The next numerical episode in chronological order is episode 158, and it will be the next episode that releases. But I figured I would offer up this bonus episode as a tribute to my father, because we're coming up on the 5th year anniversary of his passing. And I generally will do a tribute or some kind of something that I put together around his passing, generally in my live video episodes. But I wanted to make something that was a little bit more permanent and I decided to offer it up in this bonus episode. So please understand that this is a very special episode to me and I'm I'm not offering it in a numerical episode, rather a bonus episode because I want it to be special and different from all of the rest. We have 157 completed episodes, 158 is next. We have a total of 172 episodes. So that means we have roughly 14 or 15 bonus episodes. And of those, this is the most important. And I thank you for taking this journey with me. I ask that you share this episode along with all others with everyone you know. Remind them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name. Perception is reality with Christopher H. Bilberry. Also remind them we have the home link that is at perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. There they can find the entirety of our catalog, the back episodes as well as new episodes when they release descriptions of the episodes and links to all of the major podcast hosting sites as well as a way to listen to the episodes at the home link folks can also look for us on google by looking for the full name or simply googling Bilbrey Podcast that's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast that way we'll pull right up but please share the show with everyone you know specifically this one because it means a lot to me. So my father was 56 years old when he passed away. And he passed in June of 2016. And I was 34. I was a month away from my 35th birthday. And a lot of people would look at that and say, wow, you guys didn't have a lot of time. But I would say, man, we had a lot. We... We, we packed a lot into those 34 years of life. He packed a lot into his 56 years of life. And while I would love for him to be here today, I would love for him to see this podcast that I've built. I would love for him to be a part of my new relationships. And I would love to be able to get his advice, ask him questions, hear his laugh, and just chat with him. But I have to say, I have zero regrets with the way that we spent our life. And I am very thankful that I know that he was of great spiritual heart and mind. And I know that he was steadfast in his his belief and that is comforting to me. I have a few stories that I want to offer but before I do I want to read you his obituary just as a way to memorialize it in this tribute so it'll always be here. H. Dwayne Bilbrey And we'll talk about the H in a minute. 1960 to 2016. H. Dwayne Dilbury, 56 years old, from Muncie. H. Dwayne Dilbury, 56, left his earthly home to be with his Lord and Savior on Tuesday, June 14th, 2016. He was born March 23rd, 1960, to his loving parents. Herbert and Pauline Bilbrey. Family was everything to Duane. He visited often with his family and he instilled the importance of family to his two sons. Dwayne was a lifelong resident of Muncie and he was a 1978 graduate of Cowan High School and then Ivy Tech of Muncie. After graduation, Dwayne had worked for Garrett Auto Sales until going to work for Muncie Tent Awning in 1980, where he worked his way up to shop manager. And in the late 80s, early 90s, he became the owner of Muncie Tent Awning, which has been doing business in the East Central Indiana and other areas of the Midwest since 1910. This is something Dwayne was very proud of. Through his work, he met a lot of people, employees, customers, and other business owners, whom he referred to as his close friends. He became especially close to a fellow Cowan Blackhawk, Steve and Burton. Dwayne and Steve were lifelong friends. And additionally, he was close with his current employees, Kathy Hershick and Terry Riley. Duane was a member of New Hope Church in Muncie, and he loved his church family. He was baptized by Dr. Jeffrey Mosier on September 2014. Having his faith in Christ will ensure that he will one day be reunited with all of his family. He fought a courageous battle with cancer and was assisted in this fight by his loving family and Dr. Michael Williamson and his team. the IU Health Ball Memorial Hospital Cancer Center. Dwayne is sur- survived by his loving parents, Herbert and Pauline Bilberry, Sons who he lived and breathed for. Christopher H. Bilbrey, Jacob T. Bilbrey, and his loving sister, Teresa S. Bilbrey. He was preceded in death by his maternal grandparents, Paul and Gertie Williams, his paternal grandparents, Herbert and Lillian Bilbrey, And his loving older brother, John R. Bilbrey. Dwayne's family would like to extend a special thank you to Dr. Michael Williamson, his medical assistant, Laura Reed, and the rest of the staff at the Cancer Center. Services were held on Tuesday, June 21st, 2016, at 10 a.m. at Elmridge Funeral Home. Burial was at Elmridge Memorial Park. And uh, with that, the obituary of my father was complete. Now, <laughs> uh, I tell you, uh, it's crazy to me to think that we're at the five year mark. It seems just like yesterday. And I can tell you, I-, I could talk about this forever. Honestly, I could talk about, I could talk about my father and and what he uh, meant to me and the values he instilled in me, as any one of you could as well. The reason I do this is for two reasons: one, to give tribute to him, but two, to help any one of you who have been going through this. Maybe you've lost a family member, a parent, someone close recently. Maybe you have in the past. Or, obviously, it will happen. And and hopefully something said here can give you a little bit of peace of mind or comfort. My dad was an amazing thinker. I, I, I tell you, I've never known anyone more intelligent more quick-witted more on the ball than my father you could not trap this man up with anything he was on it and it's it's amazing that I, I see so much of how he carried himself is something that, that he had done his entire life. It's, it's really, truly amazing. Dad had this philosophy that I believe Louis Pasteur had said first. I always liked how dad said it better, but chance favors the prepared mind. That's something that dad believed in very strongly. That, you know, just out in the world, things are going to happen. And, you know, there's going to be times where you're caught off guard. But if you prepare mentally, again, chance favors the prepared mind. When I was a police officer, I used that in my training because it was something that, in my mind, kept me alive. You know, things could happen at any time. And if you trained for those events, you were going to be better off than if you didn't. And it's, it's funny how he would look at the world. Dad told me long ago, you can do whatever you want in world, in the world. Do whatever you want as long as you're willing to pay the consequences for it. And, you know, at the time, I used that kind of in a smart butt way to get out of an in-school suspension and hang outside with my friends during a field day. And it got me in trouble later on by the school, and I had to do three days in-school suspension. And when asked why I... Avoided the one day in school suspension uh, and went outside and played with my friends, I simply told the principal that my father had told me to. And that's not exactly what my father had said. He called my dad on the phone and my dad said, no, what I told him was you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to be willing to pay the consequences. And the consequences for that was Three days in school suspension. <clears throat> dad was very wise. Very early. I mean, I, I can remember things that he would say when I was young, and you know, at that time I was just a kid, and he was my dad. What's he know? Da 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 da. But looking back now, you know, I'm like, wow. How how was he that wise? at 29 32 you know that's crazy to me. being nearly 40 myself I just I'm still nowhere near as wise as he was or at least I feel that when he was 30 it's really amazing <clears throat> when my father was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, he was given bad news like pretty straight right off the bat. And while I was just devastated and my family was devastated, dad was like, Nope I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna beat this and I'm gonna live a long life and and, and you know, at first I got mad at him and then I I, I was like he just he just doesn't realize. But I really come to believe that he wasn't just looking through rose colored glasses. He wasn't being unrealistic. Like, I come to believe that he really felt that. He really felt like he was going to beat the disease and while of course he didn't matter of fact he only lived 10 months from the time he was diagnosed to the time he passed that kind of faith and that fighting will allowed him to live an amazing life for those 10 months dad never got to the point where he lost his dignity he always showered himself He always tied his own shoes, put his own shoes on. You know, when he got to a point where he had went to the hospital and was in the hospital for a couple days, and when he got out he was having trouble walking, he was in a wheelchair. We we got a wheelchair, and I, I told him we would go buy one, and he said, no, I do not want to buy a wheelchair. I am not going to purchase a wheelchair because I do not need a wheelchair. I want to know if we can find someone to borrow one from because I only need it for a couple of days. And I got so frustrated with him because I was like, why don't we just go get one? And he was dead set on that. We borrowed a wheelchair from someone and he used it and he hated using it. And in four days' time, he was out of the wheelchair. And he said, take that thing back where you got it. (laughs) And I did. And uh, that was just his will and his determination. Um, It's it's truly amazing. Dad had, at the time of his passing, a 16-year-old son... And, you know, I know that Dad, in his mind, he didn't want to leave his parents behind. He he was worried about that. And I know he didn't want to leave me. He was worried about that. And he worried about his sister. But deep in his mind, he knew... You know, my grandparents would be my grandparents, and his sister would be her, who she is, and I would make it through, but he was very concerned about his 16-year-old son. And, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, without hesitation, my ex-wife and I took him in at the time, and we we took over where dad left off, and you know, I made that promise to dad after dad passed. Not beforehand, because dad would never have talked about it. I wanted dad to call me. <laughs> this is uh, one of the weird dad stories. I wanted dad to call my cell phone and leave me a message dad would never leave voicemails and I wanted him to call me. See, when I was a police officer a lot of guys would call and leave their wives voicemails Hey honey, I love you Uh, Hope everything's okay I'm thinking of you, you're amazing Love you very much, love the kids This is Chris, bye And they would do that in case of the God awful event happening that they were killed in the line of duty. And I've done that from time to time with girlfriends or or wives or whatever. and I wanted my father to do that. I wanted my father to call me and leave me a message Saying, "Hey, it's your dad," you know, da 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 da, whatever. And I, I told him, "Hey, you know, if I'm if I'm not answering the phone, leave me a message." And he like called on right away. And he would not do it. He he asked my grandma why I was being weird. (laughs) And I, I eventually had to give up on it. That's. (laughs) I just I said okay. So I started recording him on my phone. I had hours and hours of our recordings. And unfortunately after he passed I I never quite got around to downloading those to the computer and it was before I had uh, a phone that had the cloud on it I just had them in a recorded file on my phone and I smashed the phone and there was no way to retrieve those messages unfortunately me big audio guy me I have one recording of my father that is like 13 seconds long, and he says like two lines in the 13 seconds, and he's talking about dry ice exploding in water. We used to play with dry ice a lot, and he was showing somebody that worked with him at the time, and that's all I have. I, I don't have my father's voice anymore sometimes i struggle to hear it but while i cannot hear the tone or the the inflection in his voice i definitely definitely understand the message behind things that he said and while i may from time to time struggle on hearing the specific way he would say things I certainly hear his messages loud and clear and I I always will as I get older and as we progress through these anniversaries and as time marches on I feel strongly connected to those messages and to the way that he raised me. And I am so thankful for everything that he ever did for me. And I'm thankful for those lessons and those messages that he taught me. I am proud that he was a Herbert and that I am a Herbert and my grandfather was a Herbert and my grandfather's father and my grandfather's grandfather was a Herbert. We've all been Herbert. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I love is when my grandfather's dad was around kind of like the royal family. Their titles are all titles that as they hold different positions within the family they get these titles. So for example currently in world history Prince Charles is the Prince of Wales and when the Queen passes and he becomes the King, Prince William will become Prince of Wales. So those titles pass. And while no one in my chain of family was ever a first, second, or third, or a senior, or a junior, because we all had various different names, we just used the name Herbert somewhere in the name, we all used to go by these titles. And my, my grandfather's dad, used to be affectionately known as Bert the First. My grandfather was Bert the Second, and my dad was Bert the Third. It was my uncle, John, my dad's brother, that gave them that title. And when my great-grandfather passed a month before I was born, my grandfather would have taken on that role, and they didn't know that at the time, but when I was born, and I was a little older, and obviously I was named Herbert, my middle name. My uncle John said, "Oh my God, he's Bert the third. He's the new Bert the Third. So my grandfather became Bert the first. My dad was Bert the second, and I was Bert the third. My my uncle would call us the three Bert's. And I spent a lot of time with my grandfather, my dad, and I, and we. We had a lot of great experiences, and I can see how much my, my dad was like my grandfather, and I'm like my grandfather, I'm like my dad. I can see how that all happens, and it's amazing. And now that my father is gone, and I am in a role where I am now a caretaker for my grandparents, similar to how I was with my dad, and I am so thankful that one of the major things that my father instilled in me was the love of family. I know so many people who interact with their family, but just in such a different way. And, you know, one of the things from the movie, The Godfather, that I I recall and it sticks out in my mind and it's something that my dad used to say all the time is, A man that does not spend time with his family is not a man at all and uh that's that's uh something that's very in my opinion true one of the big things that dad always stressed to me was the importance of being able to communicate and talk to people even through being angry even through hatred even through being upset there has got to be communication a communication line and what's funny is i mean he was talking about family and friendships and and love and that's how i use it the same but i use it in what i do i use it here on the podcast i use it in politics It's why it's the basis of everything I gripe about. My father and his message of having to be able to communicate and have those lines of communications open. One of the biggest things that my father always demanded was that it does not matter what the situation is. When you hang up the phone, when you're leaving, You tell those that you care about. You tell those that you love. Goodbye. I love you. And I'll talk to you later. But whatever the deal is, whatever you said, at some point, you say, I love you. Because you never know. You never know if something stupid would happen. You never know if you'd be hit by a meteor. You never know if you would be beard you know you never you never really knew and that was always something that i i carried over to the police department and something they always taught you on the police department you know kiss your wife and kids goodbye and always tell them you love them when you're on the phone always end with i love you because you never know and i want to end this episode by just kind of recounting our last time together and, and instilling that in you and that's the biggest part behind doing this tribute is I feel like everyone in the world should do this and, and and realize that it's it's so important. And you know, there there are times where people will say, Well you're just saying that because you're you know whatever and it's it's no, it's it's I always mean it. And I mean it from the very bottom of my heart and I say it because uh, well, because of this story. So the night before my dad passed on on Monday, June thirteenth, twenty sixteen, I had been swimming at my house with my brother and my stepkids at the time. Uh, my brother had come over and we were talking kind of about my dad's sickness. And I was taking the opportunity to talk to Jacob and tell him that, you know, dad was doing worse. And, you know, like, honestly, at that time, I thought dad had probably maybe three to six months left. And I was just kind of filling Jacob out and seeing where his mind was on that and letting him know kind of what I thought. I was someone who went to all of the appointments I spoke with a doctor. I was dad's power of attorney and his uh, medical guardian and and, and all of that. So I dealt with every aspect of that. I kept meticulous notes. I talked to doctors and specialists. And so I was, you know, the kind of person that was, you know, letting people know kind of where we stood with everything. And I had my brother over and my, my dad knew he was over swimming. And Jacob was then going to go home to spend night with him obviously it was summertime so he was out of school and dad had called me and he was a little confused he was getting to the point where his medication was kind of messing with him and he was having some confusion and he called me and he was mad and he was mad at he was mad because of a misunderstanding with jacob he was a little mad at me he's a little upset with jacob and i was talking to him and trying to get him to calm down because i didn't like him being worked up and he wasn't mad over anything real. He was just starting to get confused. And so we talked and we had a pretty good conversation. And it was probably about 9.30, 9.45. And it was getting late. Dad always was someone who stayed up till 11, 30, 12 o'clock, watched the news and would go to bed. And in the couple months leading up to his passing, he had been going to sleep earlier and earlier and you know we were talking and it was kind of hard to hear him and understand what he was saying he got to a point where he was raspy and he was whispering on the phone and you know we were talking and and i i was so tired from the day's events and i was just kind of tired of putting out fires and it was all starting to wear on me a little bit and you know i I was doing my best to calm him down and I was kind of perturbed that he was upset because he was upset over something that was just nothing to be upset about <laughs> and so I I was like, you know, come on, man um, and I got him calmed down enough, but he stopped and it was just like his mood changed, and he said, hey, you know, I love you, I, w- I wanna thank you for everything, and I wanna thank you for having Jacob over. And, you know, I said, okay, you know, I, no problem, anytime, you know, I, that's, that's what I'm here for. And we you know, we ch- chatted just a second, and I said, you know, you need to get some sleep, and I'll be over in the morning to help you with the medication, and we'll go from there. I'm not going to be over long tomorrow. I'm just coming over to help you with the medication. And then I'm, I'm heading, heading out. And he said, okay. And I said, I love you. And he said, I love you. So we hung up. And I went to sleep that evening and he had been calling me in the mornings sometime between the hours of 5.30 and 7 or 8 like waking me up real early when he would get up to tell me this or that or something about the shop at the time or or whatever and and he the next day on Tuesday June 14th uh, he didn't he didn't wake me The night before I talked to him was Monday, the 13th of June, 2016. And when I woke on Tuesday, the 14th, he hadn't, he hadn't called me. And I didn't think anything about it because even though he had been calling me early, there were some times he would sleep in too. And so I was like, I'm not going to wake him. I'm going to take my time getting over there and, you know, let him sleep. I got over there and I didn't have the key to get in because I was in a different vehicle. So the key wasn't on my keychain and I knocked on the door and and it was locked. And I then went and knocked on the window of my brother's room and you know, he opened the window and I said, Hey come let me in. Dad's asleep still. That's just what I assumed. And I heard Jacob lumbering through the house and he hurried and, and he I could hear him like scurrying kind of behind the door and Jacob said, "Hey, help me. Dad fell." And I looked in to past Jacob and I pulled Jacob out. I opened the door, it started raining. And I said, "Here, stand out here. Let let me let me check him. Let me see what's going on." And I, I went in and, and I I've, I've been in enough natural and 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 non-natural death scenes that that I that I knew. I knew he was gone. And I took his pulse and there was none. I called the non-emergency line, and I went out and I told my brother, and then I made the notifications to uh, the rest of the family. But the one thing that played over in my head, over and over and over, and has played over in my head these last five years, is the fact that I was perturbed a little bit at Dad, although I was kind of laughing, kind of in a good, like I was kind of like in an angry but not angry, but kind of like, kind of like a, almost like we'd, we'd switched roles. Like I was the parent and he was the child. And so I was like getting frustrated at what he was doing, but I was still kind of like chuckling and I was in that state of mind. But even with that, the last words that my father and I said to each other, the last words that I ever heard my father say to me. The last words that my father ever heard me say to him were I love you. And if I can offer you any bit of advice, that advice would be no matter what is going on, when you care about someone, no matter how much anger, no matter what kind of fight it could be, when you're parting when the time comes you tell that person that you love them i love you dad perception perception, perception. is reality reality hey folks have you been in search of that perfect cup of coffee then your search is over. That's right, you need to check out my friends at Bean Fruit Coffee Company at beanfruit.com. They have been striving for coffee perfection. Since 2010, they have meticulously selected and roasted high-quality coffees from across the globe. They believe that a great cup of coffee is not an accident, it is a process. One that they have spent countless hours perfecting. If you want to taste perfection in a cup, then check out my friends at Bean Fruit Coffee Company. Look them up online today at beanfruit.com. You will not be disappointed. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing under license in all 50 states and number 330. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this very special bonus episode of perception is reality i want to thank you for indulging me on that trip i hope that you were able to get something out of it and i hope and i pray that you are able to hold your loved ones close give them a big squeeze and tell them how much they mean to you. And for all of you out there that are traveling the same road that I'm on, of course, there are many of us, because as I've said, it will happen to us all. Keep your memories in your heart and in your mind, and close at hand always. Until next time, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, night, week, or weekend, whenever you're listening. Please don't forget to share the show with everyone you know, and check back in soon. We will have more information and more episodes for your ear holes right directly. Until then, take care, God bless, be safe, and I'll talk to you all again real soon. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.